Hey everybody, my name is Caitlin. And I'm Nick. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Breath today. If it's your first time with us, welcome. Morning Breath is a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. Yep, and if you're wanting to learn more about Morning Breath or just anything East Coast, you can find links to both our website and app in the description below. Yeah, we've got some exciting things coming up at East Coast, like Youth Camp. Woo! We're T-minus one week a week away and counting, and you can sign up your kid until July 11th. We might even take you on July 12th if you really want to go. Of? Day of. We'll do it. We'll do it. We want you kids there. We yes. hope to see you there. Amazing. If you're a leader in your church or business, come join us at our Parkway location for the Global Leadership Summit. It is an event happening around the world led by Craig Groeschel. It's August 5th and 6th, so mark your calendars now and find more information on our app or website. Well, that's everything from us. Let's jump into the Word. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, Jessica? Good. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm wonderful. As funny, always. we don't really say each other's names How you alive. doing, Jessica? <laughs> strange. We, I call you Honey. Yeah, that's a good question. What is our pet name for one another? Honey. Honey. Not babe. We are just, I don't know. Hey, babe. I just can't. We can't do it. Oh, my gosh. You know what I cannot stand is when servers call me honey. Right. Sweetie. Yes. When they use affectionate names. Yep. I, I see your, like, face I'm go, like, like, red. And I cannot stand when people call me buddy. Buddy. Oh, no. oh my gosh. I'm like, when the server or whatever says, hey, honey, like, I want to respond back. Oh, hey, honey, how are you? Like, it's just, it's no. Like, I think it's a culture no. thing. No. Calm down. You love when people say calm down. Don't you I, love when, <laughs> that's like the worst thing to say to people. Will you just calm down? I am calm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a culture thing, like a Southern thing. And Florida's weird because it's the South, but it's not the South. No. Nah. But people who are from the South, which is North of here, who are here, you know, that's a culture thing. It's like, yeah. bless their heart. How you doing today, sir? Doing great. That's what I want everyone to call me, sir. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not true. That's so silly. Okay. So our real question of the day. First of all, happy 4th of July yesterday. Today's July 5th. Um, uh, Lindsey Brown, again. Question. Come on, Lindsey. It's a little, last week we talked about our favorite sandwich. So if you're dying to know what that is, go back to last week's episode where we also covered 1 Samuel 17, which was awesome about David and Goliath. But this week we're talking about 1 Samuel 21. Side note, question is, what is a hard-earned lesson in your life? Oh my gosh, Deep. that's not a question. That is that's a question. Like... It has a question mark. <laughs> I'll go first, as always. We go from favorite sandwich to hard-earned lessons? Yeah. That's, we're going deep. So intense. What is a hard-earned lesson in your life? So for me, a hard-earned lesson in my life. So it's not just a lesson that you've learned that's easy. Keyword, hard-earned. A few years ago, I said, my theme of the year is that God's timing is actually a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounds so deep, but it's true. Like, I was... You know, in life, you pursue different things and goals and dreams and thoughts about your life and vision. And you're like, I want that. I want to get there. And you're like, why is it taking so long? Why God, why? When God, when? How God, how? And then you get there and then you realize like, yep, 
I see, I see you, God. God's timing is actually a thing. Like, he, his timing is better, always, than anything we can come up with. You look back, and in hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is actually, when you see it through the lens of God's plan for your life, you're like, oh my gosh, thank God you didn't give me that thing, or that goal, or whatever, even that relationship. Like, thank you for not giving me that when I thought it was the thing that I so desperately wanted and needed in that mm. moment. And always his timing prevails. And so what I've been trying to do is just be o- obedient, trust God, be obedient to what he's telling me to do in the now, not focus on the future, but be present in the present yeah. and be thankful for what I'm walking in right now. So Okay, I won't go as deep. I'm going to keep it casual. Okay. <laughs> Low key. Low key. You know, it's it's something you have to pay a consequence for. That's what a hard-earned lesson is, right? It's like mm-hmm. there's a consequence. That's what I look pain. at it like. Yeah. There's pain, you know. And I think about my son when he jumped into the side of my sister's van um, playing tag, and he yeah. forgot that he didn't weigh 230 pounds <laughs> yeah. and smashed the side of her door in with his body, like literally. Yeah. And it was 400 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I... <laughs> I locked my keys in my car, which they're electronic, so they're not, it's not supposed to happen. I don't happen. know how that happens But still. apparently, if you throw them in the center console up in the front, it acts as an RF block, RFI blocker or whatever, and uh, RF so blocker, so it didn't, it locked. And uh, so I thought, well, I can just jimmy this open like I have in the past. But I have a newer vehicle. It was very difficult, and I dented my car. Yeah. I dented I it. I didn't even know this. Well, I know where the dent is, but <laughs> I dented it. And I was like, and then so I called Papa Lock. It was only $60 to, to get in my vehicle. And I thought it was going to be like hundreds. Yeah. It was like 60 bucks. Yeah. And I learned a really hard lesson that day. Like That is a hard-earned lesson in life. Yeah. I, I had to pay the $60 and have a dent in my car. Yep. And I could have just called an expert and had it done. Yep. But yeah, that was sad. So sad. Very sad. I only Very owned the vehicle sad. for like a month And or you two. never even told me about that dent. That's so funny. I think I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Did not. I did, actually. I remember telling you because you're like, ah, I can't see it. I think you dreamt all of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was all a dream. <laughs> all right. We're in First Samuel um, chapter, chapter 21. 21. Let's go. All right. I'll read it all. It's Perfect. short. Perfect. Take a rest. Taking a rest. Then David went to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech came trembling in fear to meet David and said to him, why are you alone and no one with you? David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has commissioned me with a matter and has told me, let no one know anything about the matter for which I am sending you and with which I have commissioned you. I've directed the young men to a certain place. Now, what food do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. So give me five loaves or whatever you got. (laughs) Whatever you got, but five loaves. Yes. The priest answered David, there is no ordinary, unconsecrated <laughs> Did he, like, see hand. the five loaves over there? Yeah. He's like, I see five <laughs> loaves. I want five loaves, but I'm going to, like, be humble and say, whatever you got, whatever you have on hand. And the priest is already, like, trembling in fear of, of just seeing him because yeah. David just killed Goliath, you know, not, not that long ago. Okay. The priest answered David, There's no ordinary unconsecrated bread on hand, but there is consecrated bread. You may have it if only the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest, Be assured that women have been kept from us in these three days since I set out, and the bodies of the young men were consecrated ceremonial, ceremonially clean, although it was an ordinary, unconsecrated journey. So how much more will their vessels be holy today? 
So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which was removed from before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place when it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Do you not have a sword or spear here on hand? For I brought neither my sword nor my other weapons with me, because the king's business was urgent. Then the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you would take it for yourself, do so, for there is no other here except for it. And David said, There is none like that. Give it to me. Or whatever you got. No, just kidding. Then David Give me Goliath's sword, five pieces of bread, or, or whatever. whatever. <laughs> then David arose and fled from Saul that day and went to Ashish, <laughs> Ashish king of Gath. The servants of Ashish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing in praise of this one as they danced, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? David took these words to heart and was greatly afraid of Ashish, king of Gath. So fearing for his life, he changed his behavior in their sight and acted insanely in their hands, and he scribbled on the doors of the gate and drooled on his beard. Then Ashish said to his servants, Look, you see that the man is insane? Why have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you bring this one to behave like a madman in my presence? Shall this one come into my house? Amen. Amen. <laughs> what, dun, dun, dun. what a chapter. Like, if you, if you think the Bible is boring, you have not read the Bible. It is yeah. fascinating. Like, yeah. these, just these words in and of themselves, Doeg, the Edomite, Ashish, king of Gath. It's crazy. So, question. Um, Answer. I asked you last week about a big battle that you faced. And, and let me preface this. Um, this is a very short chapter, which mm -hmm. is kind of, it's a little annoying to be honest with you because chapter 17 on Goliath is extremely long and we really only had like 10 minutes to talk about yeah. it. Now we have a lot more time to talk about this very short chapter that mm -hmm. feels obscure, obscure mm -hmm. with a few significant things in it though. D Jesus actually quotes, uh, this when David ate the bread in the in the temple, like he actually uses this story. Yeah. In, in we'll say in the future, David's future by two, you know, a thousand years or whatever, so, yeah. whatever that was, and then two thousand years ago. But we talk a lot about the big battle of Goliath. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know about the second battle. Okay, um, the big battle was not actually David's biggest battle. So his first battle, Goliath, mm -hmm. that was not his biggest battle. That's what actually got him like in front of the king it got him notoriety it got him it in his place in his journey it was but it was his big battle though right the biggest battle was actually the second battle that came after that and it was his fight with saul mm -hmm. that lasted for decades mm -hmm. goliath was killed in vanquished in minutes yeah like days it was yep. over saul was fought for decades i want to call that the second battle What's this? You mentioned last week that the divorce was very difficult when you were seven, and it made me think of the second battle. Now living with that divorce, mm -hmm. what's that like? Um, I mentioned briefly what came, what has come from that is, you know, the first battle is the actual physical. Uh, my life had to physically change. I had to go back and forth between my parents' houses, and um, the second battle of many battles is like the walk of forgiveness I think to me is like not judging my parents um but forgiving them and walking in love and forgive forgiving even myself for holding on to things for so long you know like just that walk of forgiveness where it's like 
you forgive and then something comes up and you get triggered and then you have to forgive again. You know, that whole, that, that is the, that's probably been the biggest second battle from the original battle. That's really good. We'll talk more about that. Um, just as we keep going, yeah. but the second battle where we see here in chapter 21 is David is on the run. Mm-hmm. He's got to, uh, basically do things now, kind of take control of the situation. He's got to feed his guys. He's got to get bread from the temple. Yeah. He's got to negotiate with a priest. He's got to negotiate with a king, mm-hmm. all because he's on the run from Saul. And here's what I want to say is like, don't ever be discouraged that you're in a long-term battle. You're mm-hmm. not alone. Everybody faces long-term battles. You know, it's funny with preachers, you usually hear about the big battles. You very he- very rarely hear about the ongoing battles, mm-hmm. the, the battles that they're facing that they're not winning every day. Um, cause it's hard to talk about failure. It's hard to talk about current pain. Um, there's a sense of fear when you talk about current pain because you don't want to be judged, mm-hmm. uh, as lesser than, uh, I've just got to tell you, I, I won't dive into all my personal current pain, but I'm going through current pain. Look, we all are like everyone goes through current pain. Everyone goes through struggles. You know, I mentioned in my, my biggest battle, was not a battle. It's it's a battle with with self confidence. It's a battle with shame. It's a battle with uh, internal dialogue and thinking that disables me from having joy and peace and and makes me worry and makes me overly concerned. It makes me overcompensate sometimes. It makes me do all sorts of things when I'm losing the battle of my identity, my self identity. And what helps me win that battle is my identity is in God, and it's replacing that baseline thinking with the truth of what God thinks about me. Um, I mentioned uh, where I maybe I'm not good enough. Well, there's an incredible scripture. I think it's in 1 Timothy 3.17 or 2 Timothy 3.17. Basically says that I'm adequate for the good work God has ordained me for. Mm-hmm. Like he has given me the ability and it actually like I am equipped. I am well equipped. Yeah. And so... David in in chapter 17 said, I'm part of God's army. Like you're fighting God's army, which meant he is well equipped to defeat the enemy because God, he is, he's now fighting with, with and for the Lord. Well, I'm also fighting for the Lord and with the Lord. And I am adequate for every good work that God has put in front of me and every bad work that the enemy has put in front of me. I'm actually adequate to do it. Why? Because I'm anointed by the Lord. That's good. That's a good word. So I said, I think maybe last week, but I just said about being, maybe I just said it today, about being curious about the Bible, about asking questions like, oh yeah, I talked about when David was holding Saul's beheaded head and how gross that must have been. But when you, at, when you think about verses like verse 8 and 9, and it says, David said to Ahimelech, do you not have a sword or spear here on hand? And then the priest was like, oh yeah, we just happened to have Goliath's sword. Back here, covered up with a covered up with a thing behind like, five loaves. <laughs> yeah, behind the five loaves, you may or may not want that. I may or may not give you. How do you think David didn't know that Goliath's sword was there? He had to know. Like he had to know. Like he had to know that that was the place that Goliath's sword just happened to be. And he's arriving to be like, do you not happen to have a sword or spear around? And like, oh, the only one we have is Goliath. So I just thought that was interesting. And I think when you ask yourself those questions and you don't just read the Bible just to check check a box or get it done, then it really comes alive to you. David was a sharp guy. Like, yeah. I mean, he was a master tactician of war. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
David was a very successful king. And I will say to be a successful leader, you have to be a good tactician. Mm -hmm. You have to be smart. Yep. You have to outsmart people and you have to outsmart the enemy. And I don't, I don't mean the enemy like Satan. We don't really need to outsmart Satan. Like that's not, that's not what we do against him because that, that battle, we've already won that yeah, battle. That's one. But there is enemies um, and there are people that operate under, under dark forces. They don't mean to oftentimes. Yeah. And so we got to be smart and mm -hmm. like wise and it's tough. But wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Yeah. That actually is in the Bible. I mean, David, he had to lie to escape death. Now, maybe he could have chose something else. And I read this. You're talking about when he goes crazy? When he pretends like he's crazy. I want to talk about what made him do that. So let's talk about why he did that. So yeah. verse 10, it says, David arose and fled from Saul that day and went to Ashish king of Gath. Okay, A, Goliath was from Gath. Why would David Philistine go? Philistine territory. Right. He is going to the place of the place where he killed the guy, the biggest guy, the biggest guy they had. And he's going there. And he's going with confidence at first. But then... It says, the servants of Ashish said to him, is this not David, the king of the, king of the land? Did they not sing in praise of this one as they dance, saying Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And I think when he, when this happened, when he heard those words, it triggered him because it brought him back to the time when he killed Goliath. And then when they came back to Israel and they had a party and they were like, they killed Goliath, they, they killed the, conquered the Philistines and the Philistines have run, won, run and we won. And then there was like, basically it sounds like a, like a ticker tape parade. It was like a, a victory parade when they arrived back. Oh yeah, big time. And when the women were singing this, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. A switch flipped in Saul, which caused him to be, literally it says the next day, a evil spirit came on Saul and it caused him to try to kill David twice the next day after his great victory parade. And so can you imagine when he's hearing these words from now? From he's another in, king. And he's in ten, enemy territory and he's hearing these words. Was he not triggered to think, oh no. Rightly so. Here we are again. I'm fighting for my life, right? He's on, he's on this fight for his life. And I think he probably had some PTSD here. And what it made me think of was we need to be aware of our triggers. And this brings me back to actually an ongoing battle that came from my parents' divorce is that I, I had to, um, for holidays, they were split. So they had split custody. And as far as divorces go, I have to say my parents did an incredible job. They did. They really did. And we did. love They've your done, parents and yes, they love us. And we've over all of this, like for, for sure. the most part. It's I part mean, of my story. And we overcome yeah, by the blood okay. of the lamb and the word of our yeah. testimony. And so this is part of my testimony. But when growing up that we had, they had split custody. And on holidays, um, I would be with one of my parents up and from the time school got out until Christmas day at noon. And then at noon at Christmas day until school went back in, I'd be with my other parent. And so I got to spend the holiday with both parents. It was awesome. But what it kind of produced in me was when so let's we say got that married, again. In the middle of Christmas Day, you yeah. had to leave one parent's house and go to a different parent's house. And we were and often usually in different states. In different states. Right. So, so you were getting on a plane with your 10-year-old brother when you were six, seven or eight and getting on a plane on Christmas Day. Accurate? Right. Yes. That's hard. It is. So what that produced in me that I didn't realize until later, until we were married and 
you were, it was Christmas Day. I remember this so vividly. It was Christmas Day. We had had our little Christmas with our little family at home. And then you were like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. He wanted to go to his parents' house. And I like got so triggered, but I didn't know why at all. Yeah. And I was like, stop rushing me. Like, and I was getting so upset. And I didn't realize until we were at the light about to turn into the, your parents' street that I was like, I just got triggered. Like I'm triggered because I feel like my childhood is happening again. Like you're forcing me to go to leave one house, our house, and go celebrate Christmas somewhere else. And not that any of this is bad. Like, oh, you get you get to have two places to go celebrate Christmas. I know it's good. But it is something that I had to emotionally work through. And once I recognized it, it was never a trigger again because we were able to talk it through, right? Yeah. That's part of the ongoing battle yeah. that we've been talking about. No. So well, we got to be aware of our triggers. It's real. I remember that because I, I remember when we first got married, you're like, I get to sleep in one bed and never have to go to a different bed. Like, I get to stay in one house. And not pack up and go anywhere. Because correct me if I'm wrong, you were still going back and forth even at like we got married. 20 years old. Is that true? Yeah. Well, we got married three days after I turned 20. So I was 19. Yeah. Still spending time with both my parents. Yeah. So. And so she... Like, and then the first Christmas, we're really aware, like, we were not aware of any of this. We were actually at my parents' house. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And they all left. They all left us. <laughs> and we're, this is our first Christmas together. And we both live with our parents till we got married. And my parents were up north yeah. because that's where we always spent Christmas. So they're gone. And everyone just leaves and, like, goes to all this stuff. And we're sitting there alone. And we're like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> so, then the, so then when we first had Reagan, which was, like, a year later. Yeah. We decided we were going to have a family Christmas at home. And you were like, don't rush me out of the house. And yeah. for like two or three years, I, I didn't rush you. Yeah. But I thought we were over it. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. And so I remember about year four or five in our marriage, I was like, let's go now. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And that's when we had that kind of big revelation because yeah. I was pushing you. That was like four or five years into our yeah. marriage. And you know, if you realize if we didn't talk about that and talk that through and realize the root of why I was reacting that way, you could have just taken it personally mm -hmm. and it could have been a big fight that we never resolved. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it could have just turned into one thing. And, and I think that's super helpful um, in marriage is to actually your ask family the person, story, your yeah. story of origin, your family of origin actually plays a huge role in the way that you react and have conflict and resolution and all of that. Yeah, but be willing to ask as well, on top of that, is be willing to ask what's going on? Why, why is this bothering you? Mm -hmm. Patient enough not to force that answer out of somebody. Yeah. Willing to answer that question mm -hmm. and willing to not criticize the answer. You've got, you've got to have a relationship where someone can be vulnerable with you without feeling like they're going to get fixed or attacked. Mm -hmm. People have to just be vulnerable and it's got to just be okay how that person feels. Mm -hmm. That's so hard. But if you want a true authentic friendship with someone, like you really want somebody to be a good friend with you, when they share tough information with you, when they are vulnerable with their hurts, when um, they are sharing a dark sin when they're sharing a dark thought or a dark feeling that your response is not like, <gasps> you know, yeah. like gasp. Yeah. It's not what's wrong with you. It's not, I'm going to go tell on you. Right. It's not, well, why would you do that? It's 
wow, I'm sorry you're going through that. Yeah. Or you could have even pray with you. You could have responded like, why aren't you over that yet? Yeah. Like, why are you still dealing with that? That happened when you were seven, you know? How much time? So, sorry. I got out of my time. What's our show? We got one One minute. Minute. Yes. One minute left. One minute to victory. (laughs) So that second battle that you're facing, it's okay. You're going to make it. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep digging in. Don't give up. Don't quit. It's the hardest battle you're going to fight, but at the end of the day, God is with you. The same God that helped you defeat that big, big thing will help you defeat that second battle. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast. We love you. Yes. We will see you next time. See ya. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. 
For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.